Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer. He's on the East Coast, and it is late night Tuesday here after a bunch of these games are over. I believe we are down to the uh, last game of the night there with the uh, the Lake Show and the Clippers as we covered that one. Looking for some Austin Reeves love, maybe a little bit of an under there in that game as well per Nate's call. So we'll see how we did on that one. But we've got best bets here for you in this one that we're recording pretty early, getting ahead of some of these lines with some pretty good value that I think we're getting. A bit of unknowns. We had a big trade uh, directly actually during our show this morning we had Terry Rozier traded to the Miami Heat we had the firing of the Milwaukee Bucks coach which we'll talk about as well so lots of fun stuff on Tuesday that happened in the NBA Uh, but now as we look at Wednesday also want to remind you that we have player props up as well for this eight game slate so like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along all season with us also want you to head to the lines.com use everything we have up on the site right now to help you out with these NBA bets you are making this season Nate, let's go ahead and get right into your first NBA best bet as we talk about that game with the aforementioned fired Adrian Griffin. Yes, and so the way I'm going to play the game here, uh, Cavs at Bucks, is under 237. And the logic here is, I mean, we're going to go back to the way the Bucks wanted to play or have been successful, which is not these games in the 120s. Like, especially when you face a team like the Cavs, where it is knock down, drag out and had been in their last six meetings between these teams. They've averaged 221. It's been at a 96.7 pace. Um, you know, even though Giannis has missed the last two, he scored 45 in the previous one. That still was only 220. Donnie came right back with 36. Both guys got to the line a ton. You know what I'm saying? It's still like we're looking at around 220 under normal circumstances, under the Budenholzer regime, if you will. Um, and now we're going to go back to some of that, those kind of, uh, defensive uh, approaches in terms of like, let's take away above the break threes. Let's, you know, f- funnel everything towards Brooke. Let's just play our defense. And, and you're going to see the new coach lift in terms of like, let's actually get back in transition. Let's, let's, you know, make it look like we weren't the problem. It was just his scheme. Like it, that th- these guys have to come with the effort, especially starts with Giannis. Um, because he has, you know, been giving Griffin the side eye, who knows what he said behind closed doors to now pull the LeBron of getting your coach fired mid season. And you got to come back and back it up. Now his prop at 33 and a half points. But what I'm talking about is his defense and making up for the fact that they don't have drew holiday anymore, but as a team, they should do a good job of limiting everybody, but Donovan Mitchell, uh, the bucks had kind of been fixing their, their poor three point defense, um, they're, I mean, they're fourth on the season still. So, like, it's not like they've been they've been particularly bad. Where they had been reeling is points in the paint, fast break points. That's not what the Cavs are doing right now. In fact, they're scoring the second highest percentage of their points off threes during this eight-game win streak. Fourth lowest percentage at the line. So they're not, like, attacking other than Donnie. It's guys rotating around him, which what we talked about a couple nights ago. And and while the Bucks transition D has been bad, it's much better at home. And their paint points, paint defense has been much worse on the road as well. So like there's they still have a really good record at home. I'm not really interested in the seven point spread though. I'm just gonna say like, look, they're not scoring like 130 plus on this Cavs team either. And, and they're they're gonna their defense is gonna be much better. So I think we'll go under 237. Yeah, I mean this is one of those games where I. I... I like don't really want to have to bet on the variance of the three point shooting of the Cavs. They're up to 43 three point attempts a game looking like the Mavs uh, at this point with the way that they're shooting that many threes. And 
things open up for them for sure uh, without Evan Mobley in there on offense for them. But yeah, I mean, more than anything, they've been the best defense in the league over these last 16 games or so where they're 13 and three on that streak. So, um, and, and they've even been missing uh, Mobley for a few games before that, I believe. So everything is kind of working for them when those guys are off the floor. All of that said, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily have a take on the, the firing of the coach impacting that, that bet. But if you believe in the way that these two teams play consistently, then, yeah, I would, I would agree with an under there. And I'd like to take the Cavs to cover, to be honest, because I still don't think we, anybody believes in them for real, for real, in a way that obviously this spread is clearly indicative of, right? So uh, I'm not going to do it just yet. I might dig into it a bit further. But my first bet is going to be Minnesota to get their points against Washington. And... I can understand the narrative of we got to come back and and make up for the way that we lost to the Hornets last game, despite Cat's points and this, uh, including the fact that we we benched him at in crunch time during that game with the sixty points because of the way that he was playing in the second half and forcing it. Um, but either way, like even without that, it's just against the Zards, man. And the fact that Minnesota does tend to go over more on the road, they score two more points per game on the road because their defense is about ten points worse per game on the road. Um, and I'm not saying that like Washington is going to necessarily like be great scoring against them, but they will get out into transition. And that's the only way to score against the T-Wolves because their half-court defense has been incredible this season, led by the one Rudy Gobert. Also kind of consider Daniel Gafford under props there. He's got nine and a half points on his prop. And if Rudy's taking this seriously and this we believe in this Wolves team to take it seriously, that's much too high. Uh, the, the lack of respect that books have for his rebounding is incredible. At the center with six and a half rebound props, that's that's really sad when your center who's like 7-1 is, is getting that level of prop. But he's not really even looking to rebound. It's in part because he's swinging and uh, at so many shots to try to block them that he ends up not being there for the rebound. Another reason I think Rudy's going to just have his way down there with him. Um, so yeah, all, all of that leads to like them just getting their points. They're going to get threes if they want them. Um, they've shot a, a few more on the road. And uh, they, like I said, the more points per game coming against the worst home defense, maybe ever at 125 points per game that they're giving up. I, I don't want to be too hyperbolic because I haven't done my research for the worst home offenses in the NBA history. But the Zards of this season are, there's no way there's too many worse than them. When you're giving up that many points, they are the worst. Not, you know, bottom five, the worst at numerous categories. They give up the highest field goal percentage. Uh, they give up the most rebounds, the most assists to other teams, the most second chance points, the most points in the paint. Stop me if you see a pattern where it's just like, if you want to get to the rim, go for it. What do you think the Timberwolves are going to do? They do love second chance points. They're around the top 12 in every kind of one of those, you know, second chance points, points in the paint, yada, yada, yada. So it's just everything does run down low, either Ant going to the basket or them running things through their forwards and center uh, or going to the corner for a three everywhere that Washington's vulnerable, which is everywhere. So I don't think I need to go on. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. But the, the way I want to play this game is just the spread uh, minus ten and a half for the Wolves, because I, I think it's just as likely that they, they respond to this criticism from Chris Finch by by locking up defensively. And they in fact, they have responded to each loss recently, except for the last one where they were, were stomping the Hornets and they fell apart Wild. because of what Cat was doing. Yeah. Each of the last three losses, 27-point win in Houston, 21-point win in Orlando, 23 at home against Portland. And maybe that's why I'm off the, the over because I, I wanted their over against Portland. And really what they did was hold Portland to 93 points. And yeah. they held Magic to 92 points. And the, the Rockets under 100 
Like, you can take an under 110 for the Wizards in this game, too. Like, that's another way to play it and get close to even money. Like, it's the Wizards' offense that's broken now. Their defense has been bad, and I won't say, like, they're they're suddenly better, even though they have gone under in six of their last nine games. It's because they're so bad on offense. Um, Kyle Kuzma, in in four games since, since Marvin Bagley came aboard, has a 97 offensive rating. He's a minus 52. Jordan Poole right there with him, 99 offensive rating, minus 42. Uh, you know, Kuz, Gafford, Tyus, Jones, and Landry Shamit could all be traded tomorrow before this game starts. Like, honestly, they could be out the door. It's just such a tenuous situation for these guys when they're going out there. I like the underplay on Gafford because uh, the Wiz might, you know, pull their starters again. Like, their starters are playing just about half time with the bench because they're just really like, you know, the starters are almost a placeholder. Like, you could all be traded pretty soon True. so yeah it's just a situation where it's they're a punching bag and the wolves have to come back with a punch here after they embarrass themselves you know their coach basically said disgrace the game cat did um and you know so now i think they come back and this season yeah averaging a 12.5 points per game margin of victory after a loss i think that's what they they can do here to to cover yeah i, I have no problem with that as well um, both, both of these things are likely, I, I went for the offense knowing that that'll be for them there for them. Like you said, the wizards are the reason that, that, uh, the over is not hitting on offense. They're the reason not necessarily on defense in any way, shape or form. So, uh, let me close it out though, with the heat and Grizzlies game. It's one of those weird things. We don't have Jimmy Butler props as recording this the night before, which is kind of like, I don't know. There's Bam props up, but there's no Jimmy props up, and there's no Tyler Hero props up. It's the the, the Heat, and no one ever knows what's going to happen with their injury report from night to morning. But with the way that things are, at least we have those Bam props, and I do like him to get twenty his his points in this one because they're at twenty one and a half. Miami, uh, and I'm going to parlay that with the Miami money money line there on DraftKings for plus one thirty. Um, Bam in his last two versus Memphis, and and look, this is they're they're both with Jimmy Butler. Um, it's 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 a small sample size, but it's this earlier this season and last season. Um, he he's looking at some pretty nice points there. Thirty points in the last game. Took Bismack and Triple J to the woodshed. Uh, basically, both of those dudes guarded him for the entirety of the game uh, between them, and really just gave up sixteen free throw attempts. Gave up twelve points in the paint to Bam, who likely would have had closer to about you know twenty plus points in the paint if he didn't get fouled on all those shots and get to the free throw line where he hit 14 of his 16 free throws and is having a career season from the line. Um, In the previous game, last season, last March, 26 points in 33 minutes, eight free throw attempts. That's because they didn't foul him, and he got 20 points in the paint, like I was just saying, instead of getting to the free throw line and getting those. So he's just having his way down there. He's stronger than than Jaron Jackson Jr. When Bismack was in there, he was able to go around him. When Xavier Tillman is in there, he's able to go around him, and that's going to be who he's facing. And this one is the combination of those two guys, probably a a lot more uh, of Xavier Tillman, if I had to guess, just based on the way that this team has been matching up uh, when they have both those dudes on the floor and Triple J and Xavier Tillman, they don't really have Triple J guarding the the team's other best big. They have him off of him uh, and, and coming in to try to block off of his guy, right? So that's what I would expect again and expect Bam to be all slithery from everywhere from the paint, uh, from the top of the, the foul line and in. Bam's going to be a, a big problem for all of them. There's a possibility that Jimmy Butler just randomly sits. Then this is going to go up a couple points. Uh, we, we've got like Jaime Hawkins, doubtful, a couple guys like that. If we see a bunch of Haywood Highsmith and stuff like that, we're talking about Bam's usage being very, very high. Uh, even if Jimmy is in there, he's gotten over this number both of those times with Jimmy in there. And really, the thing that I look at for Memphis is I, I kind of wish we would have talked about them a little bit more against Toronto last game because Toronto has nobody down low. 
And that's the key. If you have somebody down low that can hang with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. when he's driving, and to a degree, Xavier Tillman, who I think is a wildly underrated backup center in the NBA, who's getting starter minutes now, but is still a very versatile, good center. Um, if you have somebody to bang with them, then you are going to be able to withhold them because their guards are just chucking threes, and they are not going in. Uh, and so is Triple J, by the way. Chucking threes, and they are not going in often enough. Uh, so that's why I would continue to feel good about some of his unders, to be honest, if Bam is going to take him out of the game. But more importantly, I think Bam's going to get his because there's a little bit of influx right now with Terry Rozier coming in. There's going to be no Kyle Lowry. I think you just give the ball to your best player and say, make sure that we win this game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, Bam it has been diming up a lot. He hasn't necessarily been looking for his shot. I would probably lower this to like 15 points, 10 rebounds maybe, because what you're mentioning with all the missed shots, like I really trust his peripherals coming out there and – you know, four assists in seven straight games for him now. Um, you know, definitely a good chance at 10 rebounds. But however you want to play it, if you can get even money or slightly plus money uh, for on the with the with Bam uh, and the money line here when it's a minus nine and a half spread, yeah. that's a good way to play it for sure. I mean, rather than dealing with that spread with the Heat. That's what I was surprised about more than anything was when I saw this number at plus 130 for him to get base 22 points. You know, and I think 20 is still a really good number for him. Like the the shots are there. I understand to a degree he's been going under a little bit. The four assists are nice. I, I want to make sure uh, I look at the assist prop for him. Is that four and a half? Yeah, four and a half. Yeah. So like, yeah, like you were saying, if you want to do some sort of combo uh, same game parlay with a couple of his props and lower them to some reasonable numbers, that's totally fine. The reason I think he'll be going for his shot is, like I said, I do think it'll be one of those things where it's like, yo, bam, you've got the ball in your hand, go get it. And I do think he looks in, at the, the guys across the way from him and knows that he can take them one-on-one -on -one the way that he has in the last three games, essentially. So, Nate, let's go ahead and get right into your first pick, a guy you keep going back to the well on, and he is hot right now. Yeah, it worked last time, and uh, I think we can ride this train with Kevin Durant, who is suddenly, you know, backing up. Since since they basically fell behind at Sacramento, he's he's been on a tear his last four. The prop I'm looking at, 36.5 points and rebounds. You can get a pretty good juice bet, 365, which also has this crazy odds uh, special, plus 750 for him to have a double-double and for Luka to have a double-double. And I, I do like Luka tonight. His props are just too high, but... This is a game with a 240 total in Dallas, a, a Dallas team that does not play particularly good defense, as, as we know. Uh, certainly not going to be able to defend a guy like Durant, who who has had success against them. He only had 16 and seven against them on Christmas, while Luca just you know gave him the business with 50 and 15. That was just non competitive. Durant's body language was bad, but you know the Suns are are they've got it all together now. They're what, what seven straight wins. Durant with the Michael Jordan double clutch winner against the Bulls. Uh, he's averaging 41 and a half points per game in his last two. And he's asked, you know, why am I not considered in the conversation of, of the goat? Like <laughs> fittingly he goes out and hits that Jordan shot. Um, so, I mean that, that at least to me, it's all motivation for Kevin Durant. Like I ended last time I talked about him being like, look, if he wants to get 30, he's going to get 30. Like nobody's stopping him, but him deciding to defer or, you know, some, some incredible defenders, but uh, Dallas, again, does not have that. They they give up the second most points per game to power forward, six most rebounds. They have the third worst rebounding rate overall. Uh, Durant has a crazy 78% adjusted rebound chance in his last four here. Nurk has been getting a ton of rebound chances, but Derek Lively is a good, good young rebounder. He's been boxing out, and that's part of the reason that the uh, opposing power forward has basically out-rebounded the center in the Mavs' last three games. We saw, like, LeBron, good, good rebound totals, Tatum, double-double. 
Uh, so I think Durant will, will get some nice boards here to go along with maybe 28 to 30 points. And, um, you know, maybe he gets that double-double along with Luka. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the the rebounds for power forwards, I would imagine, are there in part. Like, Derek Lively, like you said, good, athletic, young uh, – I, I would call him young player. I don't know how great of a rebounder he is just yet. He definitely attacks the offensive boards. He gets boxed out by the center pretty easily. So it is pretty easy for the power forward to come right in there and scoop it up because I would imagine that, you know, uh, whomever is going to be boxing him out for the majority of the game. And obviously in in this one, we'll see Nurk just probably putting him, just using his butt to push him out to the three-point line, essentially, and not really getting near the boards and that'll leave KD open for it. So I'm going to ride the train of of KD scoring with you uh, on this one moving forward for sure for for a while. And and I'm going to need to see him not be option 1A for a few games before I'm like, oh, okay, I guess they're spreading it back out to the other guys. But like, Beal and Booker have been scoring 20 less in, in these games where he's going off because they're like, all right, go ahead. Uh, why not you, KD? Why, why you not the GOAT? We'll see if you can, can back it up. So uh, let me go to a guy that has not worked out, but I love his game and it's going to work today. And that is Alpi Shangood, who I'm 0 for 2, maybe 3 on on the season trying to bet on Shangoon overs. Actually, one time I tried to go under uh, and he put up like 30. Um, but in this one, I, I'm going to go for the rebounds and assists against Portland. Um, 14 and a half. I'm going to go over that for minus one Oh five. There's probably going to be a lot of misses. The the only thing that does scare me. And the reason I'm actually uh, shying away from the points is I did Portland gets blown out on back to backs. Uh, they just get smacked on back to backs and they're now coming off of a pretty good game against the, the thunder last night. Um, where they really gave it their all, uh, for sure. But you know, in this one now it's going to be a similar situation to what we've seen when they lose by 30 plus 60 plus points at one point, uh, on the road. But the, for the rebounds and assists, like he's been just everything for them this uh, for the whole season, really, at this point for Shangun. And he really established this right around the time Jabari Smith got hurt and everything in the paint was just his. And then, you know, Smith came back, but he missed almost two weeks, a week and a half, something like that. And it was really just like, OK, I guess it's my my paint. Like no one really else is coming down here for the Rockets. Uh, and his rebound chances have skyrocketed. He's now third in the league with 22 a game um, play, facing this this Portland team where at one point. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was sort of limiting centers. He was getting a lot of rebounds and stuff like that. And then he's been out and it's been in and out of the lineup and he hasn't been the same. And they're allowing a ton of rebounds now fifth, fifth most in the, uh, on the road and seventh most assists as well on the road, even more actually at home uh, uh, in terms of the assist column there. Um, and they allow the second most points per game at this point to centers. They've been allowing points all, all year because dominating doesn't really dominate much. And now you've got uh, Duop Reith in there trying to guard guys who like Shangun who's going to be standing at the three point line. Like that's not a place that Dwap Reith is going to feel very comfortable. Uh, so I think driving to the rim and 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 making those dishes as sort of like a driving wing, if, if anything, and even driving from right down the center where shangun has been really effective, I think is what, what we can see from him. Um, and he's he's had a ton of success against good and bad teams, man. Like it, it doesn't really matter who he's playing at this point. Uh, he's he's a dog underneath, and I think the boards will be there for sure. It's nine and a half. That's why I thought both nine and a half and four and a half for the assists. I thought both were low. So I was like, I'll just combine them and see him probably get about 18 of them, I think. Yeah, I mean, seven assists per game in his last four, 11 rebounds per game, third most rebound chances in the league in that span. I'm glad you took him. Um, I had started doing this, but I just I just lost out on this rebounds assist with Jalen Williams last night, and I didn't want to go back to the exact same attacking, you know, Portland after they played really feisty defense. But, you know, Shangun is such the hub of this Rockets offense, right? I mean, so much different from J-Dub, who we talk about as a secondary playmaker and had to watch SGA operate a lot 
when things bog down. But, you know, Houston's offense is get it to Shangoon at the nail, let him let him just dive or let him facilitate. He should be dominating, as we know. I was I was just shocked to see Aiden's prop at 20 PRA, not not points, 20 PRA and 0.5 assists. Like the guy's doing nothing out there yeah. and, and getting benched. And uh, yeah, it, it's always good to attack him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had a trade here on Tuesday. Tor- Terry Rogier is out of Charlotte, and that means it's time to unleash Brandon Miller. Uh, over 17 and a half points, you can tack on four rebounds. I think for a little safety. Uh, for 21 and a half points rebounds. I mean, his last three, he's been scoring 25 a game with 24% usage. Only one of those without Rogier. I mean, it, it's been like unsustainably amazing shooting from, from the Rook here. 61, 43, 92% for a 141 offensive rating. But I mean, it, we're talking about a matchup at the Detroit Pistons here. Not really a defensive stopper, not, not the team to cool him off. You know, it's kind of like playing in college where he was absolutely dominant last year or, and it's, and it's going up against Boyan Bogdanovich who's long in the tooth at this point and is probably a trade candidate is not like the defensive stopper that maybe he once was. I can't believe I'm throwing that out there, but for, yeah. for a couple quarters in the playoffs, he contained LeBron James. I digress. The point is, uh, I mean, with Boyan active the last 15 games, they're still allowing the fourth most points to small forwards and Rogier was just a usage monster. Like, I mean, 27% usage rate in January doesn't seem that high, but he like, he takes 20 field goals, like at many, many, many of those games, like 20 times, including uh, the last time they played Detroit where B Miller had 17 points off the bench in just his second NBA game. Now he's clearly got more confidence. He's clearly become more of the offense and with LaMelo out there facilitating for him. Uh, I think we'll get plenty of opportunities to score on this one. Yeah, I really like the pick a lot, especially for the the money that you get. His his mid range game is also awesome. Um, it, it's actually something that I think like it gets lost at times because he didn't really do it much in college. It was like so many three pointers coming from him or dunks, which is great. Like that's not a bad strategy, especially in college. Um, but I think he's realizing just dunking over NBA players isn't the same as trying to you know trying to do that isn't the same as dunking over college players. And that mid range has been working for him and. To be honest, like when Jalen Duran Duran is in there, um, it, it is a better shot for for him, especially. Um, but either way, I, I, if he wants to attack the rim, he can. He's he's been really aggressive, and this seems like an open pathway that we might not get this prop at seventeen and a half for very long. We saw Terry Rozier's props consistently at twenty and a half with Lamelo and Miles Bridges out there, both at higher points props than that. So they're really expecting all of the scoring to come from like that, that those three guys really with Terry being a, an option above Brandon Miller, like you said, and now that he slides right in there, it's really a three threesome. It's not really a duo of any kind. So he'll just be that third quote unquote banana, but that's someone with a 25% usage rate at times. So I'm, I'm totally good with that, with the amount of shots he's, he's in line to get. Uh, let's go to another Rook, uh, even though it's the second season, Chet Holmgren over 15 and a half points. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm going for this. I, I didn't really throw the Wemby in there. I, I shouldn't be scared of him because Wemby just keeps showing up. Um, I, I did love the angle for Wemby more when you took it last game where it was like, he's going to show up against a really good Eastern conference team and try really hard in this one. I'm sure he's going to go at it. I don't know how much pop cares about this, that kind of stuff, like leaving Wemby in there for the sake of out dueling Chet for rookie of the year award, right? Like, I, I don't know if pop cares about that. I don't know what pop thinks at all. Um, but either way, like I, I think I, I don't, and I don't, I'm not putting stock in that necessarily for Dagonall either. I just know that Chet's minutes are, you know, are consistently at 30 plus 32 minutes. 
Um, and so Wemby's are consistently at 25 and I'm just, I'm not going to feel as comfortable with that. If you, my point is like, it'd be really fun to do like a Chet Holmgren 20 points and Wemby 20 points or 25 points and, and see what kind of crazy juice you can get if in the event that they go off and you're part of the action, that's fun. I don't want to miss out on that, but so that's why I'm taking Chet in general, just to take the 15 and a half points. And I'm a little bit less bullish than I might otherwise be because he hasn't been taking shots. And it kind of seems like if you look at his game log and his field goal attempts, you kind of see a young dude losing confidence a little bit, uh, to be honest, which is not something I thought I would ever say about Chet Holmgren. But in the from uh, basically like two weeks ago, right, he had a stretch where he shot fifth, either 15 or 14 field goals. And one time he shot 13 against Portland. So he was taking a ton of field goals. Then against the Lake Show, he kind of got shut down, but he, and he only took nine, uh, nine shots in that game. And then since then, it's been like 10 shots and 16 shots, missed a bunch, four shots, three shots last two games, right? And, and he's, he's, look, he's, he's playing against Minnesota. In Utah, he just had a bad game. The Clippers are a really tough matchup when he went two for 10, but it was in that range where he started shooting like 20%, 35% from the field versus those LA teams and stuff that I, it seemed like his confidence started to dwindle. And I, the field goals were just not there, which is why he's gone under. Now, it's only at 15 and a half points, so I think it's awesome that we're getting value right at a moment in time where he's minus 110, minus 120, or I'm sorry, minus 105, sorry, uh, minus 105, minus 110 to win Rookie of the Year, and now he's going up against the guy who sort of opened the door, like the door is open for Chet to, to take this award from Wemby, and this would be one of those games, so... I, I hate to be, you know, I like to stick to, to math. I like to stick to numbers, project a number and be like, let's go with it. 15 and a half is low, so I'm very good with it. I also love when I get a narrative addition. And I do believe in this narrative for someone like Chet, who is a chip on his shoulder kind of dude. Not saying that he thinks he's, you know, any like maybe he should have been the number one pick or no, nothing like that. It's more just about him versus Wemby for rookie of the year. Him still taking the amount of shots. I think his, his confidence will go up in his matchup versus the other rook. And this is going to be awesome to watch. I want a piece of that action. And I think Chet over 15 and a half is the best bet for it. Yeah, you can combine them. Um, for Chet and Wemby to go over 39 and a half points, even money at DraftKings. You can Fun. bet the spread, Chet plus seven and a half within Wemby, uh, or plus two and a half rebounds. If you are interested in, you know, him versus head to head, hopefully, like the motivation cancels out the fact this is a back to back and Chet, mm -hmm. you know, so both of them are probably for, I mean, for Chet, back to back probably only means like 25 minutes. Yeah. Wemby's playing 28 minutes no matter what, but he did just combine for 103 points with Embiid <laughs> in his last matchup in 28 minutes because he's, he's not defending. Uh, you know, as a true center, but he's it, that's kind of unlocked his offense. So, yeah, I do think there'll be some back and forth here. Absolutely. going to be a fun time. Also, keep an eye on DeJounta Murray's uh, stuff versus the Hawks. Not sure if he's auditioning for another team. He and D'Lo seem to be those guys going off or near closing in on the trade deadline within a month. So I don't know, but I know that he's playing without Trey Young against a Golden State team that can't stop point guards. So feel pretty good about him getting a lot of stats like PRA and stuff like that. But that's all the time we have for you in Play of Props. Also, make sure to check out the Best Bets video we have up for you guys as we do each and every weekday. And until we see you next, happy betting.